When I first started the Undig Project, I knew I wanted to bring people on the show that were going to make a difference, that had stories to tell and had advice and things that would help someone who might still be down in the hole, still might be down in the dark places. But I had no idea how I was going to do it. I got on the road. I started walking. I saw the mountains and the light get closer. But I didn't have all the answers. I just knew I needed to keep moving forward. So I thought it would be a while before I brought people onto the show. I thought it would take a while before anyone would notice me and what I was doing. And what I found was that I had a community of people around me who did notice me and did want to help and did want to tell their stories. So I met today's guest in a business program that I was part of. And as he told me his story, I realized that he was the classic example who had been down in the hole and had gotten out, found his way. He described his life as from purposelessness to purposeful, which is really hard to say. But one of the things that happens when you're down is you don't see the future. You don't see what's good about what could happen. And so you retreat back into the hole and the bad habits. Joel's got a great story here. And at one point, I asked him how he saw this future now. And the first word that he used was exciting. If you have an exciting future, it really helps you get through the, the hard work of the day-to-day when things aren't perfect. But without a future that you can see, it's difficult. So I want to share Joel's story today, and I hope there's something in here you'll find that resonates with you and that you can use. Joel is now an NLP coach. He runs the Crisis to Crushing It podcast. And so I hope you'll enjoy this interview with Joel Ingram on the Undig podcast. So, Joel, welcome to the show. This is the Undig Project. I'm really glad to have you here. You're my, um, you're my uh, first uh, live interview for the season. And, um, you know, I felt like when we were talking, we had some similar things going on that had gone on in our lives and similar journeys. And so um, I wanted to hear a little, bit about, a little more about yours because you're just kind of ahead of me on the path in some ways. Um, and I was thinking about like, I wanted to put this all in context. So when you were in the bad times in your life, wh- um, like when is that? What are we talking? Like two years, five years, three years? Uh, three to four years ago. Three to four years ago. Okay. Yeah. See, I was thinking if somebody told me, hey, look, in three to four years, everything will be turned around after spending 15 years myself, I might've said, you know what? That sounds totally reasonable. That might've given me a little more of that hope. <laughs> so tell me what it was like back then when you had no purpose. And- no, no purpose, dude. I had, I had it all going on. Victim mindset. Um, just de- depressed. Uh, I, I think I, the best way for me to describe it was be to tell you how I saw everything and, and like, the words I use. So when I was engaging with situations and people, I'd have expectations where I'd generally walk away thinking, why can't they just, why can't we, why can't everybody just get on? Um, you know, that's not fair. And all these types of 
expressions which it's not until you start to dig into words in the language that you understand that that you know, those sorts of statements leave you completely powerless in the situation uh, and that's that's what i was and that's the way i felt i felt completely powerless um i was scared of being me i was scared of um upsetting others because i was always i associated deeply with being uh calm and um the peacekeeper if you will so that was in work and engagements with other people in my outside communications yeah when i come home i'd be i not not quite raging but i'd be inflammatory with regards to um the, the kids and and their behavior and you know authoritarian um some, somebody else trying to seek control in the house because i didn't have it elsewhere sure so the only place you could feel almost validated was when you were exerting some power in something you thought you could control yeah about right you said yeah. you were the peacekeeper that come from uh were you the peacekeeper like in your family before with your parents and stuff was there did you, or did you pick that up in in that environment that's good I like the way you phrase phrase that then because you said that and it triggered something in my head i always thought it was because my mother was always very laid back very calm uh, my, my father was um well i describe him generally as old school but i mean he's for me he's a man's man um again the old term of that where you know they don't take any crap uh they shoot from the hip and you and you know precisely where you are um whereas my mother was very catering uh yeah very catering with regards to other people's emotions and feelings but when you said that then i think i think i might have been actually um looking back i i think i was the source of a lot of arguments in the house um but that source of arguments being my mother I, i'd have my view and my mother would could side with me which would then cause arguments and friction with them my parents about me you know so yeah uh, i think i think i then sought to be the in fact i can remember if there was a row in the house wishing i could hurt or do something to myself to break that break, oh, that, yeah. ar break that argument you know oh yeah yeah i um i was a little kid i just break into like my parents would be fighting about something. I just remember being like six, seven years old and I just start crying just so they'd come running. Yeah. I, and <laughs> yeah. It was just the same thing. And then they, you know, of course they drop what they were doing to see what I was doing. And then I'd have to, you know, kind of, you know, I'm, I'm okay really, but stop fighting. So I went, uh, <laughs> that's a six year old strategy. It kind of worked. It was good. So three, four years ago, you're unhappy. You're stressed out. Um, you had three kids then. Yeah, three kids then, yeah. And so they would have been um, three, nine, and ten. Okay. Where does Mackenzie fit into that? He's the eldest. He's, uh, he? he's, yeah, he's now 14, going on 15. Ah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're, everything's, you're, you're unhappy. You're trying to make some noise to feel better, which is gosh crazy. And uh, sounds like the little man stood up to you. Yeah. Definitely, he's. Uh, it's, it's funny it's when you're going through it, when you're in the emotion of it all, you just see it as problems, things to overcome. Um, again, why can't they just? 
Uh, why can't he just listen? Why can't he just behave? What's he got to do this for? Uh, but what I realized was looking back, and this is only without looking back uh, from what I've learned and from everything else, is that my son was exactly what I needed because my son to a degree was the trigger for me to implement the change I needed for me to be here in the now because the way things were going, that wasn't going to happen. Was it your realization of what was going on with him or did he ever say anything to you that just made you go, whoa, like, yeah. No, it's, it was me. Uh, when, when you're there in a position where you're, you're not in control in any other situation other than when you think you're in control in the house and you're the, the one that's laying the law down and shouting and it's, it's, it still doesn't, get, it doesn't, doesn't make you, you don't feel happy when you do it. It doesn't, it doesn't really give you anything with regards to making you feel better or empowered. But what it did for me was, I think I, I had one, I was just fed up. I was exhausted of ranting and raving, which then give me the realization of this is not working. Now, I could have followed the same line, like the old school line of, you know, kids should be, you know, what's the saying? Um, seen but not heard. Seen but not heard. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the old, well, I know when I was a kid, if my dad says, I mean, I listened. I, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't wander off that line. If he said not to do something, and you, you don't do it. But today's generation, I don't know. It, it just feel, it feels like they're different. And they, I think what I've come to reflect on is that maybe our children are different in the sense of they're what's needed to put the, the things that are wrong right in our society, you know? They've been almost like, this is a very spiritual take on him, mind Davy. This is, so this is my, and this is my personal take that this generation is what's needed to right the, right the wrongs in essence. Like, you know? Oh, okay. That's one way of looking at it. I hope they're, uh, I hope we don't put too much pressure on them. <laughs> we don't want them to crack, you know, <laughs> have the seventies generation all over again. <laughs> so you're, um, so you're at work and somebody there says something to you. I get a feeling it wasn't somebody you like, but he said he helped you put how you are acting in perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, what I kept butting up against uh, in, in, the, in the environment I was in was other people's perception of me. Um, and I was somebody that took my work ethic very seriously. Um, I was somebody that, um, you know, was not in fear of my job, but I'd, I'd, I'd left the job I'm in now previously uh, and been in a situation where, you know, this got, the job I was in then was worlds apart from the job I previously left. So this, in, in essence, is a better type of job for me um, all round. So um, I didn't want to lose it. And other people's perceptions, when people got loose mouths and they chops and you, you don't know who, who hears things and, and everything else. So I had this, I don't know, it's weird. It's, I can't even, it's, I find it difficult to relate to now because it just seems so stupid to have those, you know, to think that way. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if somebody says something, then I could lose my job. It's, that's very fear-based and yeah, very, yeah. 
you know, non, it's, it's not, I don't really know anybody that's had that happen to him either, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's something we take on, you know, whether it's the movies or stories, gossip, whatever. Uh, but yeah, this, this, this chap said the, his take on me was, um, I, I challenged him one day. I said, look, if you've got a problem, just say, and he, and he wouldn't, I thought I was being, doing the right thing. Like, you know, let's get it out in the open. Let's talk. And he, and he refused. He wouldn't, he wouldn't discuss it. So I thought, okay, I can't do nothing with that. So what can I do? Um, so the only thing left for me to do was to look at how he has that perception. And so I, I was mulling it over for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then one time I was in work, uh, and I was in a role where I'm operating a machine. So this machine, the program is running. Um, and then something was on the computer. I was, I was doing something on the computer and I looked back and the machine had stopped. Actually it was my phone. My phone had gone off and I was responding on the phone. And I, I realized when I looked back, the machine had stopped. Now that doesn't sound significant, but the problem was I didn't know how long it had been stopped. You know, there was no, there was no damage. There's no danger. It's just the program had finished. Right. It was like, and that was enough to give me an awareness of, ooh. So the perception of um, you're not doing enough, which was what was basically being said, to me then, in essence, is true. Because if I can lose time on a phone doing something where the program is finished, I'm unaware of how long that's finished. I, that space of time, I could have done more. So what he was saying was bang on. All right. You know, but it was, it took me looking at myself and saying, shit, man, my, yeah, my, that, that's my, that's my, I got to hold my hand up. I, he's right. Yeah. But when I did that, what I noticed was when I actually looked at myself and went, right, okay, that's the case. I put my phone away and it stayed away. Whenever he, that was mentioned or brought up, and oddly enough, it, it phased out pretty quickly after that. Whenever that was brought up, it was a non-issue for me because in, in my eyes, I'm congruent with how I perceive myself. If I see myself as high, you know, high work ethic value, then I'm not somebody that wastes time. Okay, so... Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's your integrity journey. That's, you know, yeah. I am what I say and I'm doing what I say I am. Yeah. It seems like, all right. All right. and that, that brought me great clarity and great peace of mind because when any, anything was ever mentioned, whenever other people suggested or commented or, you know, tried to stir the pot, I didn't care two chefs. They could crack on because I was good. <laughs> good. Well, you start taking ownership of, of what was happening around you as far as you could influence it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you met somebody. No, that wasn't Stephen. That wasn't. You said you met somebody who was – Got you into NLP, was that? Oh, yeah, my, uh, yeah, my, so my NLP coach, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Stephen Trulove, um, a gentleman used to work at the company I currently work at, um, and he was in the same sort of field. We were, you know, we, I was into like Reiki, Indian head massage, uh, sort of like the spiritual side of things, uh, and he was into NLP, hypnotherapy, Reiki, you know, and he had a sort of like it's a, an assortment of tools, he calls it. Um, to help people. But I'd been exposed to NLP back in 98 when I was going to go to a conference and I was really up for it. I was going to do it. And then 
life takes over and uh, you end up on a different path. Mm. But I never did it. And then I finally found myself years later then, which would have been probably 2014, 15, in this situation where I knew things were going wrong and things were not as I wanted them. But I become convinced I knew that the problem was and the problem that I perceived then was that the problem was all in my head. The problem was I didn't have the skills to get out of that. Out of that, I, I didn't know how to get myself out of that. Um, but being aware of NLP, I then sought NLP practitioners in the local area. And as it happened, his name came up and he was one of the, obviously I knew his name from work. So I was like, oh, this is all falling into, into line. This is the guy that used to work where I work. He's, he's got a, he, he's, he's, he's able to do NLP. So we had a discussion and, and I never looked back. He, uh, he set me on my own path and, yeah, I mean, the, do, you, do you want me to go into the first question he asked? Go ahead. So the, so the first question he asked was, um, yeah. what do you want? Ah. Yeah. So he said, well, you know, what's going on? What are you here for? What do you want? I said, well, I don't want this. I don't want that. Um, I don't want to be working until I'm 65, 70. Um, all sorts of different I don't wants. He said, right. And he stopped me after 20 minutes. He said, okay, so that's what you don't want. So tell me what you want. So I tried again. And he stopped me 10 minutes later. He said, you're doing exactly the same thing again. Frame it in a positive. And I, and I struggle. I really struggle. I could, when he put me on the spot, I couldn't do it. So then that's when the journey starts. When you, you've got a frame, because of the, the way the framework is, you, you've got to try and set the positive intention of what you're trying to achieve. Right. And that, was so so difficult for me with the with the with the the mindset I had then. Sure, because it was all what was wrong. You were, you were more focused on what was wrong than what could be right. Yeah, and so it was, uh, with NLP, it's a lot of language and using language and using better words and asking you know instead of why can't I, how could I, and things like that. Was it was that the was it language skills or was it something else out of there that came to you or what was the well, main? As, as, as we was talking, then what made me popped in my head was I made everything um, what I didn't want. But when the language I was using, everything I didn't want was outside of me. Do you know what I mean? It was outside of my control. Mm. Um, and I was using words like, you know, they, them. Um, right. and, and, and nowhere in that conversation did I come out. Sure. Uh, so if I, again, back to the ownership thing, yeah. if, if you, if you eventually, if when I got to the right place, I was able to frame it as in, you know, I want this or I want that. You then understand where you are. You then understand what you want. And as long as you can understand what your circle of influence is, what you get to control, then you're away. And that's the start of it. So yeah, it's very language based. This is, there's different aspects to it. There's different tools where you can uh, release sort of, you know, um, emotions and, and beliefs from the past and from, and from the, the present when we we get ourselves into these heightened like anxiety and stress and depression and all these sorts of things, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's a powerful tool. And after being with him from like, you know, fair few sessions, um, I, I went on my own journey and, uh, decided I wanted to do what he was doing because I wanted to help people the way he helped me because 
yeah, it it just seemed crazy that although there's a there's a few more in my area now that actually do NLP, but there's got to be people global suffering with different issues that I can help with, and 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 you know the the Reiki, the spirituality, the in the head massage is all about service to others, you know. Sure, sure. And would you, is there a certification process for that? Did you just go when you were ready or did you have to get, uh, did you go to, because you went to school or you went to? It was a weekend, it was weekend classes over multiple weekends where you can okay. do like a certification. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many hours, but it was, it was the best thing I've ever done. Um, and, and once you dabble in it, you start to understand, understand that the opportunity to practice it is everywhere. Um, and it helped me most with the, when, once I understood it and how to use it, it's the first thing I used with my eldest son. And I still use it now, but I've got to check. That does, that's not to say you don't get it. You, you know, you, you suddenly become a robot where you can just like speak, you know, speak this divine way where everybody listens. Cause you're still got to rein in your emotions, you know? Sure. And you said, um, I, I think a term you use is emotions as signposts and so recognizing how you feel is how you're interacting or showing up in the world or yeah, are they guiding you to the next action? How do you use them signs? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, as men, we're taught not to feel. Oh, I know I was, you know, suck it up, be a man, all those sorts of things, which end up making you suppress it and suppress emotions is for me, when I was in my lower state, um, involved um, cluster migraines. Now these, these these are almost like perpetual headaches that can go on for months and months. Like you know, I was off for three or four months from work with these headaches that lasted seven, eight times a day. Oh yeah. But it, I mean, it's like chronic. It's a chronic condition. They're pretty. I mean, they're pretty rare, but it's part of the migraine thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they, they got, in America, they call them suicide headaches. Really? Oh. Yeah, people have taken drills to themselves to try and relieve this pain. Ah. And okay. uh, it's, it's horrific. Yeah, I wouldn't wish, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I truly wouldn't. <laughs> no. But it's, uh, what, 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 what I, when I was going through it, um, and my kids, I'm rocking in the corner trying to relieve the pain, and the kids are seeing me crying. There come a point where I had some sort of awareness that it could be emotion i wonder i wondered to myself if this was something to do with work so something had come about where in work i was saying to you earlier on i, I couldn't be me because i was this peacekeeper i was the one that didn't i didn't in, i didn't like confrontation i still don't like confrontation but i don't fear it i used to fear it yeah um yeah and it took me having a conversation with a particularly strong character within my work um and being very direct and very straight and then telling him how I, how I felt and the way he, he, when he engages, you know, there's a better way for us to engage than the way that we currently do that. And then after that, I sort of carried that into all aspects of my life and touch wood. I've been good. So you, there wasn't, it wasn't treatment. It was just you, so you solved something in your head. I, I, I genuinely believe the suppressed emotions where, where I wasn't, this, this character was like, he's a strong character, was generating emotions of like anger and frustration in me. 
but because I couldn't let rip and, and let him out, I'd suppress him. Mm. You know? Okay. Because I associated with being a peacekeeper and this person that doesn't like confrontation. Yeah, yeah. But then ultimately that led to me being ill and you know, over I'm talking like three years of these headaches. Every September and then uh, January, February, March time they kick in. So they seem to be seasonal things. Did you figure out the seasonal cause? Was it? No, because no. It, it, no. It, it, there's associations. Some people they, they can be seasonal. Yeah, but then it, it seemed to make no sense with regards to how I could suddenly flip just by letting my emotions out, and not in the sense of like roaring and shouting. In the sense of if somebody peed me off, then I'm going to go and tell him. You know, right? It's right. It's, it's, it sounds confrontational, but it's like, well, hang on a minute. You, you don't, you, you don't get to say that and then evoke these emotions in me, and then it's all good because you've just unleashed. So let's talk about it. You so, have to, otherwise, you play it back in your head. Oh, I should have said. I should have done. I wish I had. I, I should have. And then you dream it at night, and it stay keeps you up, and you go, oh, you know, if they were here now. Oh. Uh, yeah, this <laughs> fantasy world. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I, I was. Um, you know, I was never. I was always very like you know shy and had a very like crazy mom. Not crazy, but she was like she was just so high maintenance that I was always like, oh, Jesus, don't set her off. She's just, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I grew up like that, and it took me years before I like I just learned to like you know, like somebody's gonna take a swing at me, I'm taking a swing back. It's like I, I'm not gonna not fight. Yeah. somebody like in, in physical things would happen i'd be like you know i used to be just like nah, you know. um and then i realized you know hey wait a minute i'm six foot four why am i like giving you know, anybody a free pass here you know then i got into fighting and it was bad but you know things <laughs> things change there's a balance right <laughs> but, um, you've got to go both ways see to understand what you want yeah oh yeah definitely right because and you and you what you want what you don't want changes um Based on, you know, like, okay, well, now I thought I wanted that, but ooh, that, that kind of, that hurt too. So, um, what's your, um, it's interesting because you come from this dark place and it's not suicidal, but is it, would you call it depression or would you just call it, I mean, you've yeah. been, I was depressed, definitely depressed. I mean, I, I go to the doctors, I'd be in work, just burst out crying for no reason and really having absolutely no idea what all that was about. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, one time I cracked, it was a previous section to the section I just discussed. And my mate behind me got up and he said, come on, let's go for a walk. But he, he could see I'd gone. So he was super supportive. Um, but again, I was a victim in a situation. I was positioning myself as a victim in a situation rather than somebody that had the opportunity to deal with it the way it should have been dealt with. So, um, And that was... That was part of it. I mean, it's that's that's probably the, the the background story of all this is the fact that things used to happen. I had no power, and if that if you allow that to keep going, eventually you get you get to a place where you believe it, and then you find yourself in a situation where you're half like I used to say to my wife, I'm halfway through when I've done goal, I've done nothing in my life. That's yeah. the point I was at. You know, I was supremely aware of time. Um, uh, supremely aware of time, but also feeling this sense of non-achievement. And I, so it's almost like I was telling myself the story that, of my own demise. You yeah. know, and this is how it's always going to be. 
but it's it's not until you have the, you get to that sometimes you need to get to the low enough ebb before you can bounce back up because like you just said you know when you realize what you don't want you realize what you want yeah and that's and that was the start so how long in your journey do you think it 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 took you to start actually seeing an appealing future as opposed to a bleak empty future like or was there one big thing you wanted i know you set yourself a pretty interesting goal we'll talk about in a bit um for for you're going cross continent yep so, yeah that's gonna be we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> but how long did it take you to um start seeing the benefit of that i mean like i would say if i was talking in terms of the journey starting which is probably going to steve um and then it's, it's funny how it all flows so it all seemed to flow into one another it, it was going to steve and then it was reading uh books and podcasts and then it was having this situation where I, i'm listening to these podcasts and i come across this one character then with a mastermind and joining the mastermind i would say within the space of seven eight months although mm. i was going through the mastermind and i had a, a bad patch of depression within it i was still supremely better off having been in it with the associations i've made um and also the, the owners like there's the, the steps they take you through that then allow you to feel more empowered in your world so that right. you can take take action you know and right. I gotta give a shout out to, to Larry Hagner of the Good Dad Project. So, all right, good. Um, <laughs> send me a link. I'll link it for you in the show because Come on. Uh, I was like spreading the word. Everybody who's been good to me, you know, you, you I'll get your tattoo if you want. You know, just you know, like this person. <laughs> they help me. Um, so that's so you you go for this place. You start to feel some real progress in six months. You know, here you are a few years later. And um, I had asked you a question earlier about, um, you know, what do you see for the next five years? And the first thing you wrote was really exciting. And I was just, just even there, just stopping, you know, it's travel and some other things, but can you imagine the old you having a future where you said, oh, the future is really exciting. It, it just seems like it's such an opposite place from where you were. Uh, it's, 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 it's the exact inverse yeah. from what I was. Because, yeah. I mean, at at forty, at forty one, being able to say you know I'm halfway through suggests a lifespan of eighty two. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've I've smashed all those limitations in my head. That there's that figure's not there no more. You know, it's 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 a hundred plus, and I'm gonna look freaking awesome when I get there too. You know, because um, cool. I and I st <laughs> and the old Joe would never have spoken like that because I know the ability to be that shape when i reach that age is there because it's on me yeah you know yeah yeah and uh plus you're you're willing to believe it i mean i think the you from before um it sounds like you know you might have asked those questions like who are you to say how long you're going to live and you know yeah. who, who are you what, why are you special and all those things when you don't have the self-esteem um so you're where are you biking to that sounds crazy uh, but with regards to the trans, uh, yeah, yeah, the, oh, what's it called? The trans, transcontinental. Where to where? So, oh Christ, it's uh, it's something like fourteen countries, 
Um, but it's, I think it stems from like France and ends up in somewhere. I uh, bloody hell. Uh, I can't think now. But it's, anyway, it's 14 countries, two and a half thousand kilometers. It looks amazing. Um, but it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a fun trip. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a challenge, you know? How long is it supposed to take? I mean, is it three months out or six my, months? My mate did it in nine days. Oh, it's only, oh, oh, it's a couple of weeks. Nothing. You'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but he's done a, he's done that one twice and he's just done the silk road race as well so all right same sort of distance but you're talking you know there's his hiker bikes is off-road is on-road is is also the mountains and yeah. it just it just challenge I'm, I'm looking for challenge and that to me feels like something to set my sights on right are you are you doing it for time like are you racing or are you just going to just just say i did it oh like, going to say i did it yeah. The first time, and then we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of like running a marathon. It's, it's that sort of like, hey, if I just don't die, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it takes five hours. You know, I'll just, it'll be cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nice. nice. What's up? So you got into coaching, and that's obviously got to be rewarding. Is there? Uh, dude, I, I love coaching. Um, I go back to the that mastermind I mentioned. The first person I ever coached, after I got my qualifications and uh, he said, I said, I said, I, he said something. It was to do with, um, what was it now? Oh, that was it. So he's a very animated speaker. Like this, this gentleman, uh, Jason Teeters, uh, Jets, uh, Jet Set State is his, is his company. And uh, he's a very, very animated speaker, you know, and he's, he talks passionate and he's great. Right? I love him. And uh, he was saying about this, He's not sure if his English, not his English, is if he speaks well. And this was his hang up. I said, I think I can help you with that. I said, after what I've just learned. All right, okay. So we, we arranged a call, jumped on a call. So we started Zoom up, press record, took him through my script that I created. And uh, so when, when we went into it, it was a case of, okay, so tell me how we feel when, you know, you're. Uh, you're speaking and, and he's like, Oh, well, this and this. I said, right. Okay. So tell me when you last felt that feeling. And he's like, Oh, I said, imagine your life now. I said, imagine a timeline, go back like, you know, five years, 10 years. And he stopped at around 10, 11. And, uh, I said, uh, okay. I said, no, from there now, I said, oh, t- walk me through the scenario. What's going on? And he was like, Oh, it's, um, uh, my teachers give me a row. I'm like, right. Okay. I said, well, don't, don't need to go into it now. I said, don't walk into the emotion of it all. Just view it. And he's like, yes, she just give me a row. Cause, uh, yeah, she just give me a row. Cause I wasn't good enough. I said, right. I said, no, I come back to the present. I said, right. I said, now, you know, 35 year old Jason, I said, I want ask him what he thinks of that situation. And he said, well, she just wanted me to do better. So then we do our thing where we go back and forth a couple of times and he can take this learning back to the 11, you know, the, the 11 boy, apply it. And then all the chains that he's ever created and all the webs that's held him back from that one incident about him not being a good speaker oh. dissolve because you're able to play the learning from there. So all his hangups just went and it was brilliant because the, when he had the realization as we was talking is that you know when someone gets something and, they, and their eyes go into their head as if to acknowledge 
when the light bulb goes off. Yeah, yeah, right. And I could see his eyes going in his head, and I was like, "That's the feeling I want to see." That's that to me was so addictive. Wow. It's incredible, you know, when you can see someone shift on a spot, and he and he's he's crushing it now. He's you know he's he's doing really good, like you know. Yeah. Just to, to help somebody, empower somebody to do that is fantastic. Yeah, it gives me a buzz. Yeah, I you know I've, I was at computers a long time ago, and I used to mentor some people, and, and it was really the best part of my day. Any time, didn't matter where I was. It's the same thing. It's when you get when you can give somebody that light bulb moment. You you don't do it for them. You show them, and then they do it, and it's like suddenly it's like boom, and it's just it's like shh, I don't know what it is, it's, but it's really magic. You know, that's why yeah. it's kind of why I'm on this journey. Is I'm just trying to like you know I've gotten out. You know, my metaphor is always the whole digging the hole, getting out, stop digging, get on the road, start walking. And um, I'm just, you know, I, I was saying the other day, I just, I, I had said me, I, in, in my first uh, podcast that I had, had done, and then I said we at the same time. And I said, well, I say an I and I say we. And I realized I was stepping into the future because what I saw it was all these people that around me who had gotten some kind of help were just now out helping other people. And so nice, I was sort of man. creating this tribe and, and that feeling is just, Oh, it's crazy. Good. Like, it's like, wow. You know, like I'm going to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's great. If you can live in that feeling, yeah. like getting that feeling as much as you can, because even though you're not there yet, yeah. the more you're in it, the more you draw yourself to it. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to get your take on this. Um, cause this is like, this is like what I'm trying to work out for, um, for people as I, as I go forward teaching, but you see somebody now and he's, um, he's unhappy. He's doesn't have any purpose. He's overweight. He's feeling his age creeping up, stressed out, hates his job. What's the first three things? Well, what's the first thing you say to him? Like that person who's just kind of given up because they don't know what's how to get to something good. So first of all, if I was going to have that conversation with somebody and, and all that's come out, I'd listen to them, tell me exactly what's going on. And then the, the first thing I'd say is, okay, so what could you do about that? So you'd steer them towards ownership. Just, yeah, definitely. Um, and then depending on what was their first goal. I mean, for me, the, the people I know and, and I can think of with the lowest self-esteem and self-worth are usually overweight. Yeah, uh, and I'm only saying that because that was me. Um, once, once I got a, a grip on uh, my the, the the weight thing for me, the first step was portion control. We bought okay. smaller plates. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's that simple. Like. <laughs> and then you and then you go from there, and then and then once you can follow through on, you know, keeping your your meal fairly level, not six inches off the plate, then that's another step. And then you look to repeat that. Where can you execute on that? On a, on a repeat basis because this people people tend to lump change as this giant thing so they they say like i gotta lose weight so it i'll give you a classic example um someone said to me i, I gotta lose weight i said right that's easy i said do what i've done i said do it small over time and that person yeah but i can't be running any marathons or anything i'm like i don't know well no nobody's mentioned the marathon you know but it's like straight away, their brain, they're thinking change. They're thinking weight loss. They're thinking ma bloody marathons. Like, it's no wonder people don't get activated if that's the first thought they've got. So, you know, you've got to 
go within your own abilities, which is the smallest, easiest, simplest step you can ever implement in your life that will bring about, eventually bring about that change. And in, invariably, it'll be what, what your gut tells you. For me, for me, it was. It was like the, the easiest thing I could do is just reduce the size of my meals. And then that sure. led to eating less processed food, more health, you know, more um, vegetables and stuff. Well, no. it's, yeah. it, it seems people are addicted to the result, though. So how do you keep somebody on track when portion control is, and it's certainly a great step, but, hey, I've been doing this for three weeks now, and my life hasn't changed. And how do you, you know, how, what's, how do you keep people doing something that, you know, it took you 20 years to get here. It's not going to take you three days to get out, but how do you like, how do you keep somebody on? A lot of people just, cause habits are so important and there's, but nobody has good ones. I mean, most people don't and, no. and adding and finding people want the benefit. I, I found that people want to see a result and if you don't see a result, it's hard to see. So what's your, what's your advice for seeing, allowing the time necessary for the result to happen? I, I think it's being, um, first of all, aware of the habits that's got you there. So if you're buying chocolate and crisps for the cupboard, yeah. that's the habit that allows you to eat them and put on the calories. So don't buy them. You know, so be, be, be proactive habits. So um, like they call it, priming your environment. Um, so we don't buy the, the, the rubbish we used to buy. Um, we, we haven't got like, loads of chocolate bars in the, in the fridge or, you know, um, at hand for that emotional time where you feel a bit peed off or fed up and you just want a bit of sugar. That's not there. What we have got is healthy snacks, like, you know, protein bars or nut bars or, you know, something along that sort of line. Um, but priming your environment is probably a, a good one because it allows you to be proactive and allow you to double your returns quicker because, you're setting in place. Every time you do something where you've primed your environment, that's a vote for your future self. Okay. Because if you, if, you, if you keep doing what you're doing, if I had kept doing what I'm doing, I would be 20 plus stone by now. Hmm. And I'd probably have cirrhosis of the liver. I'd be obese and I'd probably be diabetic as well. Yeah. You know, I had to, was, uh, had to do the Google math when you told me. I said, oh, 17 and a half stone. What is that? Like, what does that mean to me in pounds? <laughs> We don't think in stones. Like stone, like, is that ten pounds, twenty pounds? But I realized, yeah. I said, and I'm assuming you're not six foot four, so you you don't carry no. that weight. I mean, that's like my baseline weight, but I'm just you know, <laughs> like, no. no, five foot nine. I am. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, I, I no, I get it. I, um, yeah, you know, I was reading something. Uh, There's a guy named B.J. Fogg. Uh, he's a, I think he's a professor at Stanford. I believe I may be quoting him, but he's got a a program called Tiny Habits, and it's all about almost finding the smallest possible little thing you can do towards a goal and just do that little tiny thing. So it's like, you know, throw out a chocolate bar or it's just, you know, when you're eating, leave something on the plate, but a little thing. And then you just build up this habit of doing it. I did that for seven days. Okay. What's yeah. next? What's the next? What's any, you know, there's no big habits. I'm not losing 50 pounds. I'm losing yeah. one pound. And I'm losing two pounds and then I'm losing three. And then um, I find this stuff is very effective. It's, he's very sciencey based. And so you can get lost in it, but um, he's got a pretty good free newsletter. And I was like, Oh yeah, that really works. So yeah. I mean, for me, it's just small steps. And, you know, just Absolutely. I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple of different books on here. Charles Duhigg, the power of habit. Yep. 
Um, and then there's uh, James Clear as well, Atomic Habits. That's a good one. Atomic Habits. Yeah, James Clear. He's got a good newsletter too. So uh, both worth checking out. Cool. And then is there a discipline? I, you, you said NLP. Is there, are there multiple variations or flavors of that? I mean, like, it sounds like a really useful tool for coaching. And I'm, I'm looking at, so somebody that says, hey, I want to help people and I want to have the toolkit. Like, yeah, there's there's all sorts of different flavors. Um, I think it was it was created by Bandler and Grindler, Grindler and Bandler and yeah. Bandler back in the seventies, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but they've each, they, I think they argued and they went their separate directions. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's different branches and different chains. So um, yeah, one is more. Um, scientific because uh, one was a computer guy hmm. and then the other guy was the, the person who realized that you could put the two together and he was the one that was researching Virginia Milton uh, not Virginia um, Milton Erickson Eric- the hypnotist okay Erickson yeah and uh, he was he was the one that actually was going into these coaches and, and people that were helping people to understand the language they were using when they were creating this change. And he, he's quite a flamboyant character, completely different to the other. They're like chalk and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I, I found the Ericsson model of, was it six human needs or it was it's saying we all want certain things. We want significance. We want community. We want to give, um, Tony Robbins used to talk a lot about the balance of that. And if you're not checking like whatever it is, the six boxes or the eight boxes, there's an imbalance and you have to get more of that. I thought that was pretty interesting stuff. I mean, I, I started looking at that going, yeah, you know what? I'm not feeling very significant. I don't matter. You know, like I haven't done anything. And I think that's part of the midlife crisis is feeling that, you know, I haven't, I'm not changing anything. I'm not leaving anything behind. Um, so yeah. you are, I know I am now and it's something I'd love to get more people into. So um I'm going to keep moving forward. What's, what's new? What's next for you as far as this particular journey, not life, but um, whether it's how you reach out or how you teach or seminars or were you thinking of anything big? Uh, I'm, I've done a, an event. I, I think I might take my, some of my events online. Mm. Um, my wife's got a travel business. So huh. I, the biggest struggle right now with anything is time. Mm. Um, and, uh, and we're working, we're trying to work in a way that allows us that once the kids go to bed, we can smash out the different things. Um, because that was a giant ball on my back at one point where I was trying to achieve all these different things, but my family was being impacted. So I was saying I wanted to be home, but when I was home, I was trying to create all this other stuff. Um, so for me, I'm going to focus on my family when, when, they, when they're awake and not in bed which allows me to fulfill that need, which is my greatest one. Um, and then from there, then I'm going to filter that down then to helping uh, my wife's team. So personal coaching for, for, for that team to move them forward, to allow them to do what they want to do both in life and in business. And then um, I feel strongly about, like you say, that my, my, my coaching is uh, the midlife crisis man. So that's my, my handle. Uh, so yeah, definitely feeling strongly like I want to be delivering this message and I'd like to do more events around it just to maybe, in fact, I'm putting a uh, mini course together now uh, around just, you know, waking up and, and and maybe first steps that can allow people to move forward. Like, you know, 
Cool. I've, yeah, I've been thinking about that myself and um, I'm just dealing with the, I'm still struggling with the sort of not so much imposter syndrome, but it's like, I'd hate to put something together and get it wrong <laughs> and then put it out there and say, you know, you should, you should definitely stand on your head for an hour a day. Oh no, no, you know, like, <laughs> you know, find out I have absolutely no facts behind me. So I'm building out, um, you know, the much longer thing. And for now I'm just doing it, telling stories um, and doing interviews. But um, yeah, that's, I think the next place because certainly reach a lot more people absolutely I mean, I'm, out there. Yeah. I, I'm just keeping it true to my story Davey to be honest it's like it's all the things I've implemented and, and realized and come across on this path so there's, there's nothing is, is not going to be anything in here like if you if you start researching personal development online then you go to someone like YouTube or you know like one that pops to mind is Jim Quick the, the memory guy yeah yeah, you know yeah. Him? yeah and they tell you about their morning routines have you seen how long their morning routines are with all oh, the things they do? Are they <laughs> it's like, is it horrible? Two, three and about two and a half hours, right, to get all this stuff in, right? I oh, love this is the guy. The, the guy's, oh, I get up, I make my uh, keto coffee, and then I go to the gym, and then I take a cold shower, and then I, like, exercise, and I have a green, frothy thing. Yeah, that's seven hours of... Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a day. Like, you know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's men out there uh, and women that are going through this. I've got to go work. <laughs> if I'm going to go work, they've got to look after the kids. So it's got to be, the morning routine for me has got to be punchy and quick. Yeah. Um, and, and just as I can share that with you, my, my morning routine consists of wake up, it's, it's hold a, a good thought for 17 seconds. Okay. And, I, and then I try and build on that. Think about a thought, feel the emotions, and then try and build on that and take that into the day. I come downstairs, I do my affirmations straight away. Once that, that takes about 15 minutes. Then I do a five to 10 minute meditation. That's another great thing. That's, you know, you said about what would you advise people to do after you've maybe cut your portions and you realize what you can do. Yoga, meditation, getting yourself balanced and exercise. Those are the, the, the key things. And that's the way my morning runs. Affirmations, meditation, um, gratitudes, and then exercise. Cool. What kind of meditation do you do? Any particular... Um, any is um yeah you know some some are guided some are uh, abraham hicks some sometimes just do a bit of yoga i heard i heard the abraham hicks you said 17 seconds and and she's always you know big on the uh you know what you want you know what you don't want and uh yeah she, you know it's funny i is she's one of these people that comes into you think it's a little kind of woo woo yeah because some strange people show up but she, I've listened to her for just years because I just love the sound of her voice, the flow yeah. of it all. And she's been on message like for 20 years. If you listen to the old stuff and it's just the same and it's just like, you know what? It really starts to make sense. Yeah. Um, I really, I really like what she does there. Um, those live sessions. She's quite you know, good. Whether, whether there really is a, a man living in her head or not, <laughs> the skeptic in me, but um, yeah, a very strong message over there. And um, so, Look, you've got, how's, is the podcast sticking the way it is? Is it morphing for you? Is it, is it going to change out? Are you, have you achieved what you wanted to or? Not yet. I haven't achieved yet. I want to, okay. I want to double down on this. I want to focus. I said last year, I'd focus on it for a year. Um, after about, yeah, uh, after I finished the uh, mastermind and everything, because I had to rethink a name. And I said I'd focus on it for you, which I have. And now my numbers are back up. And I've got viewers and I've got, you know, I've got everything else. So I just want to double down on that 
I like, but what my next protocol now is to try and engage with that pe those people that are listening, find out what they need and, and how I can help them. Because you know, it's, it's that's the only thing with podcasts unless you can got some form of engagement with your listener other than them listening. Right. It's difficult to help them anymore. You know. Well, and you started offering uh, coaching sessions off of your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, I, I've. If I, if I if I had come across one one podcast in the past that had offered a free coaching session with the space I was in, I'd have yeah. bitten an arm off. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. <laughs> but but it was I never come across it. <laughs> well, so then you got you 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 set the bar and you uh, everyone else will catch up to you. Well, right? you know, put it out there and it's you know I, I want to help. So yes, as, no, as you obviously do. I mean, we, I, I vibe with your when we first when I first got introduced to you. I vibe. I really did vibe with your, with your message and what you've gone through. There was something I even said to my missus because we we were weak. I said, "Watch, watch his, his intro." So we was we was we was laughing in your intro because you were you're a funny guy. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I said, I want to work with him. I said, "There's something about Davey." I said, "I want to work with him." Oh, so, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you know I guess maybe people again that whole woo woo thing, but I think people that hit the same frequency, they just kind of you know. It, it, just kind of resonate together and it's like yeah. great you know you're you'll shake your people out of the trees and you know until they come to you um well listen i you know um i've listened i've been listening to episodes on and off of your thing um your show and i want to you know i want to see where that goes for you i want to hear how the uh, i want to hear how the coaching goes i'd like to see people taking you up on that and uh, for those of you who are listening um i'll have you know links in the show notes below but check out what joel's doing um and if you're feeling the need there's somebody you can talk to. I think uh, we've heard there's an awful lot to offer here and it's, uh, it's just good to be around people that are getting their best work out in the world. So uh, Joel, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, any, any last words, any uh, shout outs to uh, the neighbors or, you know, hands. Um, uh, my, my son, Kenzie, yeah. um, which was my biggest source of frustration for so long for gifting me the opportunity to view it as the greatest gift of growth I could have ever had. That's magic. I think that's a good place to let us wrap it up. No worries, man. Thanks. Thanks, Joel. I appreciate your time and uh, wishing you all the good success. When are you going biking? When's your trip coming up? Oh, that's a couple of years down the road. So I've oh, got some, yeah. Oh, okay. It's some serious training. going to go away tomorrow and say, hey, I'll be back. I know that fit yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll check back in here on that and um i guess that's kind of a wrap cool man well awesome 